Welcome to Playing With Fire, the podcast for people who are ready to custom build their love. We're talking about non-monogamy, however you design it, as an individuation opportunity. Want to leave the default and make your life spectacularly you? You're in the right place. We have a fantastic episode on mindful dating. Which, what a what a great uh, approach to a very common human activity. So dating is a common human activity. And specifically, so d- dating, you like people may be dating at all sorts of phases of their life. But also, if you're non-monogamous, and if you weren't non-monogamous your whole life, you may have spent a whole bunch of time being monogamous and just not dating, which means a lot of people who come into my world all of a sudden are like, oh, I haven't dated in 25 uh, years. Out of practice. St- out of practice, but also the entire world changed in that time. And uh, so now yeah. dating looks different. Out of practice and the practice doesn't really apply. And then on top yeah. of that, what if you're not out like in your community or how do I meet people? I mean, you have been such a dating walk for me at times. Like we, we've gone through whole periods yeah. of time where I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to date. And just because by the virtue of you standing nearby, I can't figure out how to meet people like in real life, even though I can feel that there's a connection, I can feel there's a flirtation, but everybody assumes the default of monogamy. So let's face it, online dating is pretty much standard these days. And we have a fantastic guest who's talking not just about online dating, but who has some fantastic um, solutions for taking dating from being a chore and something yeah. a lot of people are like frustrated that they even have to do to making it really, I mean, dare I say a spiritual practice yeah, of like a, a mindful practice. Yeah. Of, a, a, a whole lot of great ideas on how to make it a, an enjoyable part of your life that enhances your life right. rather than a chore that is just like, you're trying to slog through to go meet people. Right. Very different approach to it. And I mean, I, I was inspired just listening to her. Right. And when I, when I shifted my own dating to be more in alignment with the mindful dating practices, I noticed an immediate shift in who responded to me and how my dates went. Um, Obviously correlation is not causation, but it literally happened within Mm -hmm. like a couple of weeks, like boom, things shifted. So, I mean... I'm just one example, but here it is. I would take uh, Marie's words to heart if I were you. And um, also, I just wanted to mention that uh, Marie makes a great offer toward the end. If you stick around toward the very end of this podcast, Marie has a wonderful offer. If you are in the dating game, if you are looking to up your dating game, you're going to want to take advantage of the offer Marie has for you at the end. So... Ken, would you introduce our lovely yeah. guest? Uh, Dr. Marie Tuin is the founder of Love Insight. Um, Love Insight dash. Dating, yeah, right? dash dating.com. Uh, mindful dating and relationship coaching practice where she supports people of all ages, genders, sexual and relationship orientations in navigating the path of intimate love. Mary, Marie, whoops, Marie is passionate about intentional and non-traditional relationship structures and the intersection of love, sexuality, and freedom. She completed her PhD research on the experience of compersion in consensually non-monogamous relationships at the California Institute of Integral Studies. And I know you've had lovely conversations with her about that. We do enjoy our jealousy compersion overlap. And she discusses that at uh, whatiscompersion.com. She also serves as editor at the International Journal of Transpersonal Studies, a leading peer-reviewed publication in the field of whole person psychologies. Yeah. And is just a wonderful person to talk to. A wonderful person to talk to. And let's just say, no matter what you think of dating now, or whether you even think you're in a dating, the dating market, I think this is a great episode to listen to because a lot of us know people who are dating too. I have a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of teenagers. Even just going through and listening to this and thinking about how I can update my own operating system around what dating is. That is also a communal upgrade. Right. So even yeah. if you are currently not dating, this might be an episode for you. I would give it a whirl. Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Welcome. Hello. It's so good to be here. It's 
I mean, it is genuinely always a pleasure to be in any space with you. Um, and I value our relationship so much. Thank you for joining us to talk about a topic that I don't think Ken and I talk about nearly enough. And you are an expert in. Let's talk about dating. <laughs> favorite topic. Hey, see, I love this because one, I think a lot of people don't really love dating. So I love that you love it. Mm-hmm. But also I know that you've put a lot of thought into it. You don't just love dating because you happen to love it. So tell us a little bit about why, like why dating for you? Yeah. Well, really dating, I think is a huge window into our souls as human beings. We get to experience so many emotions, so many thoughts, so many behaviors. To me, dating can be this huge study. Mm. That's fantastic. Humanity. Yes. Well, I'm here for that. So I know well, I'm put sitting it like that. That sounds really good. Right. It sounds better than what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, though. I think we not all of us like dating in part because we don't have that sort of worldview on it. So what do you see people when people come to you and they're like struggling with dating? What are their struggles? Why don't they love it? Why don't they feel the way you do? Mm-hmm. Well, typically they have a very precise outcome in mind and that outcome has not arrived. And typically it is, you know, related to a version or the other of the relationship escalator. They want to meet that person who is going to be their one person, the person to fulfill all of their emotional needs, et cetera. Um, And they feel stuck. They feel that Every outcome besides that one outcome is a failure and Mm -hmm. a reflection on either themselves as a person or a reflection on the other um, gender or whatever gender they are dating or the world as a whole. It can become this existential crisis of sorts because, of course, we want to love, we want to connect intimately, we want to partner. It is in our DNA. Um, and when we feel that the way to achieve that very primal goal is not working for us, then, you know, life is not working. Right. And so we'll look for anything to pin it on. And not, not just the person we're dating, not just us, but also like, yeah, just like blame. Blame someone for this not going the way I meant for it to. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because that doesn't even have to be connected to the relationship escalator. I'm thinking about the times I've gone on dates and it hasn't gone the way I wanted it to. And yeah, the existential crisis is right there. <laughs> and um, that's not as much fun as not having an existential crisis while meeting someone. It's true. So let's quick define the relationship escalator for people in case it's the first time they're hearing it. Marie, would you just give us your, how you talk about the relationship escalator? Sure, sure. So it's the idea that um, there is one default way to partner and it starts with, you know, boy meets girl, they go on a date, they kiss, they start making love, they become exclusive they talk about marriage, they move in together, they marry, they have children, they have careers together, they have grandchildren, and they move to Florida. Florida. (laughs) You know, there's this progression of things that happen. When you put it that way, now I definitely don't want it because I never want to move to Florida. So even if I wanted it for other reasons, I'm not doing it for that. Uh You get off before the last step. Yeah. So the relationship escalator, though, also happens for people who are non-monogamous. There's like a, there's another way we see that play out for people who are are they're open to multiple relationships. But still, there's this sense that relationships should follow a natural progression of intensity. Right. Like if let's say it's not going to follow that particular escalation because maybe I'm not going to own two houses and have two families of children. But there can be this in this this point of, well, yes, but we've been together this long. And so we should now be staying over at each other's houses and we should now be going on vacations together. And we should now, and whatever has should Mm -hmm. near it Mm -hmm. feels to me like it's probably being impacted by that relationship escalator. And I don't in any way want to claim that this doesn't affect me. It Mm -hmm. totally does. Like I find, Mm -hmm. I catch myself doing it all the time where I'm like, right, we don't have to do that. So 
Do you encourage people to get to like detach then from the idea of the relationship escalator? Well, I encourage people to become more in touch with what they truly, truly want. And if what they truly, truly want from an authentic place is a version of this relationship escalator, then okay. But let's start with an analysis of who you really are and what you truly want from life, what you truly want from relationships, what are the inherited beliefs and values that you have acquired and kind of um, assimilated that might be serving you versus not serving you. So let's start with authenticity and date from that place rather than a place of shoulds and defaults and assumptions. Mm, okay. I love that because it's such a both and yeah. answer, right? Yep. You might actually want the relationship escalator, whether that's monogamous or non-monogamous, but, but we want to choose it with clarity and intentionality and referring back to that, like, who am I and what do I actually want? And that is just, that is no easy task, yeah, but is. I can, I can see why now you you're like, Oh, because this is an adventure of becoming. Yep. You. It's kind of an existential crisis either way. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> but the In thing is, way. well, the thing is it is a crisis if it's not what you planned and something else happens. But if you set out with a purpose, with a, with a, with, uh, an eye to explore and find out now whatever happens is that instead of um tripping over missed expectations and the shoulds that you were mentioning right right and i i love that you use the word um or the phrase process of becoming jolie mm -hmm. and that describes my philosophy of dating really dating not being simply a means to an end, but also a process of transformation that brings you closer to yourself mm. and closer to what you truly want from life. Yeah. So for me, I, everything we talk about on this podcast winds up touching into um, the individuation process, which I, so to me, what you're describing is dating done in service to one's individuation experience. And I'll just remind listeners, like individuation is not the same as individualism. It's not prioritizing you over all others. And it's also not the same as differentiation, which is just about noticing that I am different from others. I'm separate. Individuation is this process of becoming. And so I'm hearing that mindful dating, which is the term I, I only ever heard from you, mindful dating could really be in service to one's individuation experience. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that so much. <laughs> Dating as an individuation process. Yeah. Right. So on. how did you, how did you come to this place of describing it as mindful dating? Cause I love that concept and I feel like it, it sounds really good, but then when I actually go to think about in my own dating, okay, how do I, what is that? Wait a minute. What is it? Tell us more. <laughs> Sure, sure. So I use the term mindful because mindfulness, of course, might mean different things to different people, but in essence, it means being really present. It means being really present to ourselves, to what is going on inside of us, um, and to what is going on outside of us as well. And I use that term to distinguish, you know, my version, my philosophy of dating from the more mainstream philosophy of dating, which is to mold yourself just right so that you can get the outcome you want, so that you can get the results you want from the other person. Um, I think that a lot of mainstream dating advice is about how to get the guy, how to get the gal, how to basically manipulate a situation to, um, to an end that you've decided you know and oftentimes those ends are not even truly conscious we want to feel attractive we want to get the status we want to get you know all of these points get of laid. validation <laughs> yeah we want to get laid of course <laughs> nothing wrong with that um but we tend to gamify this dating process as like a win-lose um game that is based on those kind of unconscious values and and scripts that we've acquired so bringing mindfulness into that bringing presence bringing like okay why am i actually doing this first yeah. of all and how am i showing up 
how do I want to show up? Who is really this person in front of me besides, you know, someone who might tick boxes on my list? How can I really connect from a place of presence and authenticity and true intimacy? You know? Right. Because this is really about connection. And that's what we're all craving. Yeah. So I appreciate that. In fact, there's nothing in what you're saying, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, there's nothing there that says that you couldn't be dating primarily looking for short-term hookup connections. It would be about being clear that that's what you're looking for and not just setting out to to check off boxes or notch a, a, a belt, but also to be really honest with the people you're connecting with and to do that from a place of love for humanity, love for the individuals you're connecting with. You don't have to be in love to act love to be love and i've i've gone through phases like that in my dating where i'm like oh you know what i'm not actually emotionally available for like long-term relationships but i also don't at all care for being flippant with people i like it's it just it doesn't fit me and i have often felt like i didn't fit anywhere in the dating scene because i'm like no no, no i i want to know you and and yet I'm mostly out here right now for sex. I'm mostly like, that's the connection that I'm looking for. But it's not because I don't want to know you. I do. I'm just being honest about like what the what the level that this can go to. So I'm hearing that that is not actually antithetical to the mindful dating process, but that it could really easily slip into shadow, Right. Like I could really easily be just acting out my shadow instead of doing my shadow work. Right. Yes. Be yes. so easy. You must see stories like this all the time. Right. Right. Of course. And, um, you know, I, I love that you brought love into this picture because I think that loving kindness, you know, as a Buddhist principle or just as a way to live with an open heart and care for other people is integral to that mindful dating process that I teach um yeah. in fact actually like I might um be able to talk about those four steps that I talk about when I talk about mindful swiping specifically Ooh. online uh -huh. yeah. um, because that's a place where people tend to be so um uh you know like to to lack presence you know like we see a screen we gamify things we gamify people and then we go into our shadow or to our into our automatic behaviors right right and the way that i talk about how to you know use this process to not only do our shadow work but really bring a lot of presence and consciousness is one um ritualize your use of mindful uh, of 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 dating apps ritualize mm. your use of online dating and instead of just you know like swiping mindlessly when you're at the grocery store or when you're i don't know in the bathroom or just kind of like in anywhere and everywhere when you're waking up in the morning create a container for your use of the apps yeah. and and be really present you might want to light a candle put a little bit of music or you know like create a space and a container that honors the sacredness of what you're trying to create. Right. Which oh. is connection in whatever way that, you know, manifest for you. That, that makes a lot of sense. And in those moments, so you start being mindful before you ever even start interacting with anybody else. Mm -hmm. So now you're mindful of your connection to yourself, which is what you've been talking about with the shadow. And, right. Um, and I hear, so I'm, picturing this okay so i'm going to be i'm going to be mindful i'm going to be you know as authentic as i can figure out who i am what i want and i'm going to put myself out into um and and going to start experimenting with connection um what happens when i'm the only one doing that like it is such a game i mean i think we we know it as you're talking the about gamifying the it. apps gamified yeah. it and i mean i think it was a game anyway where i mean i remember pre pre-app dating um, I was trying to, I mean, I'm a people pleaser anyway, but I'm trying to figure out, so what are people looking for? Well, let me try to see if I can, you know, lean into those qualities of me and present those. And what I hear you talking about is kind of just saying, well, here's me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what happens? What's it, what can I expect when I do that to the, um, you know, strangers? Right, right. 
Well, of course, that is going to be a great filter for people who either really resonate with okay. the true you yeah. that you're putting out there or people who don't. So you might actually experience even more rejection or even more like, you know, life left swipes than before. But the people who swipe right on you, who who say yes to you, who really resonate with who you are, are going to be authentic connections. Mm. So yeah. in that sense, you're creating a bigger magnet for who you really are and what you truly want. I think this is it's such timely, a, such a timely conversation for you, Ken, because you're, I, I have watched him do the app dating and yeah, your people pleasing tendencies, your yeah. desire to, to make sure other people feel comfortable with your presentation. It overwhelms the showing you showing how weird and unusual and, and perfect you are in your imperfectness. And that doesn't actually attract who you want. And you right. struggle with app mm -hmm. dating. You struggle a whole bunch. For a, for a con conventionally attractive human, you struggle a lot more than would seem necessary. But I think it's because of that. It lacks a level of authentic weirdness. Like, mm -hmm. I know I click on people who, who are being authentically their weird self. Like... Mm -hmm. They're just being and so do I them. Yeah. Right? So that's interesting. But then you struggle to do it. And so this is it. the third time this has come up this week. And you uh -oh. talked about gamifying um game theory. You can date not to lose, to not be rejected, mm -hmm. or you can date to win, to actually find people who are attracted for you as you. Mm. And I've definitely spent most of my life playing not to lose. I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to make anybody be mad at me. Um, versus so who's out there? who's into whatever this disaster is. <laughs> right. I mean, that, but that's, that's exactly it. And yeah. that was totally my experience of, of dating apps for, for several years was I was not actually being my authentic self. And when I, the, the more I dial that in, the easier the app game is like, it's still a game, but mm -hmm. it is easier. I want to draw attention to the fact, the use of ritual Right. Because oh, yeah. you said, well, what happens if I go out and and I am doing this and I'm being cautious and mindful, but other people aren't. And I just want to make a suggestion out there for the AI bots that are going to take over our world at some <laughs> point that wouldn't it be funny if all humans had to tell each other where they swiped right on each other? Wow. Okay. Uh, don't do that to, to us. I uh, <laughs> To my robot overlords, don't do that to us. I don't actually want it to happen, but I think it would be really funny. Like, I was at my mother-in-law's. No, no, no. I was in the, I mean, we, so many bathroom swipes. There would be so many bathroom swipes. Like who wants that to be your meeting story, right? We'll introduce the touring test to app dating. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we should do this, but I think it would be really, really funny. That's funny. <laughs> it would be a very fun first date question, actually. Yeah. Like I, I feel like we could get some very interesting answers. And in the non-monogamous world, I think a lot of us swipe side by side. Right. Like we say, Ken and I often swipe while we happen to be like hanging out together. Like it'll be part of a date evening, even it will just be like, oh yeah, let's spend yeah, time done that. side by side. Well, I mean, we just last week, we spent like half a day, like off and on apps. Um, and, and that felt good to me because it also reminds me to be my full self. Like I, I'm more, I was already in relational, a relational mindset versus a game mindset, a win mindset. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The word that comes to mind there is integration. Yeah. You're not kind of, you know, separating your different parts or the different parts of your life and saying like, okay, I have my husband over here and then I'm going to swipe over there and these things cannot meet. Oh yeah. Same. Oh, when I started with the oh, apps. It was very compartmentalized. Yep. Guilt, yeah. Guilty swiping. It, especially in non-monogamy, so fascinating. Okay, first off, if you're cheating, stop that. Let's have a conversation. Um, come to a salon, let's talk. But that's a different thing. Let's assume you're you're being you're on the up and up. You've made clear agreements, but I still I see people all the time who are like super unable to allow their worlds to overlap and to be one thing. Um and I think the longer it goes on, the more I see people struggle with integrating then dating. So like they're swiping and then there's the dating. So if you're struggling to swipe where your partner, I mean, I'm not saying like my, like mindlessly swiping while you're supposed to be on a date with them. Like I, 
I like this ritual container idea. Like we're doing this right now because it's actually fun for us and we're sharing. Um, And that then could lead into more generative conversations about what are you looking for out there and how are you meeting the world? What is this? Why are you dating? Why am I dating? Because we're not dating for the same reasons. So it could be really generative. Um, I, I, I'm really loving that. But you said there were four steps and, and that, yes. that must just be one. Ritualize yeah, your... Ritualize, yes, was the first one. Then it's about creating an authentic dating profile. Oh, and yeah. I love helping people um, with this in my coaching practice. We look at their photos. We, we look at what they wrote and we really ask, like, does this portray your authentic self? Yeah. Is this the vibe you want to give? Just kind of looking at the whole profile as a whole and, you know, looking at the places where they might be hiding certain things because they're afraid of rejection. And, you know, I'm not saying you need to put your whole life story in many details on your dating profile, but you want to really come from a place of sharing your whole self and that's also what creates a big magnet and that's what makes you feel really um, aligned as you go out in the dating world you know that you're putting your best foot forward not in a way where you're like hiding your shadow and hiding the things that are not uh, that you're afraid to be rejected on but you're really saying like hey this is my whole self this is who I am this is what I want I'm owning it yeah that that to me reads like it reads so much better than a too tightly curated profile because that can almost feel mechanistic. Yeah, it does. It doesn't it doesn't land. On the other hand, you got to put something in there. Those 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 profiles that have like two, you know, two lines of something in there. Like, I don't care how authentic it is. If it's two lines and a half a picture, it's just not enough. Like, I don't I it's like seeing somebody through, you know, too much filter. I can't see anything. I need to get enough of them. I love that you do that actual act with people because I know it's stressful for a lot of people to right, right. Yeah, that That sounds like a challenge. Um, how do you approach somebody like to, how does, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about my own profile and how I felt when I wrote it. And I was totally thinking about the game and not the people that were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you help people get past that? Well, I mean, honestly, there is so much more successful people who use the authentic um, approach that actually do meet their partner. So usually it actually, um, it it leads you to better results. Mm -hmm. It's one of those counterintuitive things where you might think like, oh, if I don't play the game, I'm not going to get the results that I want. And you might get less swipes, you might get less matches, but the matches you get are higher quality. Mm -hmm. And people can really see the change as they become more authentic. So if you try it, you'll probably see results pretty quickly in the quality of the matches that you create. Okay. Sounds great. I, I think I'll have to make an appointment for Ken with you, Marie, because <laughs> I, uh, and I, I say it like as a gift, because I can see him already like, oh gosh, I should definitely take part in this process. Well, it sounds very, I, I appreciate that you're helping people do that because I'm, like I said, I'm thinking about myself when I worked on my profiles and I can know that there's a better way to do it for my goals and still have trouble getting out of that mindset while mm. I'm, you know. Well, I mean, ritual, I pick up my phone, open up the app. I've already performed a ritual that puts me in the mindset that I was in the last time I did it, you know? Right. 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 Okay. That's so ritualize and then get your authentic actual self Mm -hmm. onto your profile. What are the other steps? The other one would be to practice discernment. And then that means like when you're swiping to really also be present to the other person. And um, I'll add also loving kindness in that box. Mm -hmm. So discernment and loving kindness at the same time, being really discerning about what comes up for you. Um, As you look at somebody's profile and pictures and you read what they wrote, um, the ability to read between the lines, 
look at their profile and really sense like who might they be as a person and does that vibe make me feel inspired safe happy connected or at least intrigued and curious yeah um and if yes then great you can swipe right and if no then you can bring some loving kindness in that no you don't have to you know just mindlessly be like ugh and swipe left because ultimately we're all in the same boat we're all looking for love and connection and the more kindness we can bring into that quote-unquote game into that activity um the better we will feel and then we're also putting love into the dating pool which needs it a lot and i think that also contributes to us being more magnetic and more relational and more easy to approach just kind of that general attitude of loving kindness as we're mm-hmm. doing it. I I love the idea of honestly, I, I correct me if you don't think this is the way to go, but I I'm now just thinking about every left swipe could literally be a really like watching the tone in my voice, no thank you. Like mm-hmm. but no thank you said with a really gentle tone even that. Like no thank you. That's like so different than that exactly That's that nice. that face yeah. with that like eh or ugh, or I can't believe there's right. right. Like I would know I taught my children to say no, thank you to food that was offered to them that they didn't want because somebody had offered it with love, even if it was cabbage that they didn't want to eat. Uh, <laughs> I asked them mm-hmm. to say that. So I'm thinking no, thank you. And it's also bringing up the idea of the no, thank you helping because dating is a place. So in our house, when I was a kid, you had to, you had to try a bite of everything. But with dating, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you, We don't have to do that. We get to release people. That is the upside of the app, right? We don't actually have to just say yes to everything. Because that sounds like it's coming from a very scarcity, like there's not enough and I need to just scramble and say yes to everything. Place. So that sounds like the discernment that Marie was mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. I... I love bringing that that into concert. So discernment yep. and loving kindness yeah. together. That sounds like it will take your ritual swiping sessions really into a place of, of yeah, like a spiritual <laughs> place really, mm-hmm. which I know is not an uncomfortable conversation for you, but I don't think many people are thinking about dating as a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And spiritual is one of those loaded words that mean different things to many people. So yes, for me, I totally like to call it the spiritual practice. And what I mean by spirituality is the ability to expand our consciousness. Yeah, that's kind of the only thing it means. And that, you know, with consciousness, I also include expanding our heart and our ability to love and to show up with presence and connection. So yes, everything we do in our dating world and our dating activities can lead to that expansion of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So clearly mindful dating has something to add to our experience. And it's occurring to me right now that there are apps now for friendship as well. So like this, I know I struggle far more with, with my friendship dating as it were than my romantic dating and i'm just thinking about like oh i can approach th- that same thing i can i can keep turning myself returning to these practices of oh this can be for my spiritual growth this can be for my individuation to be in this process mindfully consciously and expansively and rather rather than coming at it from a yeah like i don't want to lose yeah perspective I appreciate that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, like to close the loop here, the fourth pillar of mindful dating, and we can apply it to mindful swiping online or any kind of dating really, will be to learn to be present with our emotions as they arise. And that's where I think the shadow work can come in, because some of these emotions are not going to be positive, pleasant, um, pleasurable emotions and rejection is a big part of that there's no way to date really without experiencing rejection and that's a really hard one for many many of us right so bringing us face to face with the part that can't bear to not be chosen Mm -hmm. the part that can't 
stand the idea that we would be judged. But I'm also hearing how it could be, um, you know, there's the shadow of, of, of doing the thing of rejecting of like, of, yeah. of not wanting to be a clear no for someone, which is not kind. If you're a no, and you give a soft yes, like mm -hmm. that, that is not, that kind, is not no. kind. I have right. been on those dates. Mm -hmm. That is not fun. Cause you get about halfway through whatever you're doing. And you're like, this person does not want to be sharing their time with me. Mm -hmm. This is not fun. I don't like this. And nothing would have been kinder than for them to do that shadow work of, oh, I'm, I'm actually a clear no here. I'm a clear mm -hmm. no. And I'm going to, I'm going to give that. And I would even say, honestly, even in the middle of a date, personally, I would rather mm -hmm. somebody say, wow, I'm not like, yeah, I'm a full no. And not like, I don't mean get up and storm out of a restaurant. I mean, like <laughs> a polite kind, like instead, kind. instead of, ha but instead of having sex with me, like mm -hmm. do the kind thing and say, yeah, I'm actually a no, I'm a no. And that's, that's fine. Or instead of like scheduling the next date at the end, just because like, you don't want to say the hard thing, just say, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll take some time to think about it and we'll talk. And then after you've thought about it, let yourself give that no. Cause I'm feeling so much, I feel a lot of resonance there on the idea of like being yourself, like truly being yourself on all sides of that. On yeah. all the sides of it. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And that's something that I teach people a lot about when I coach them is how to deliver a, a no with connection and authenticity and kindness and clarity yeah. as an act of love, as an act of self-love. Um, and also to make your dating life a lot easier. Because if you approach dating with that fear of, I cannot say no to someone. It's the scariest thing for me to reject someone else. Then dating will become this struggle. And you don't want to even risk, you know, going on dates or getting emotionally involved because you don't want to go through that really painful experience of having to say no. So, you know, sometimes I help people even with scripts and role plays like, okay, like let's practice you telling me you don't want to go on a second date and yeah. do it in a way that doesn't, just, you know, provoke your highest form of, of, of anxiety, but kind of staying with yourself, staying in your heart and being able to say like, you know, I really appreciated the time we spent together. Thank you so much for giving me that time, that attention, that presence. I'm not feeling a yes right now to a second date, or I'm actually not feeling like going on a, another date with you, but I wish you the very best. It's been such a pleasure, you know, to be able to communicate in a way that feels sincere, loving, connected. And of course, that's in a case where there hasn't been, you know, anything abusive or rude or, you know, right. there are situations where you might not want to be that kind and complimentary, of course. Sometimes you just need to get the fuck out and sometimes you need like, the hard no, no. <laughs> you know hard harder no. no yes but in most cases it's possible to be really kind and connected and it's going to make you feel so much better it's going to make the other person feel a lot better and it you know gives people hope for authenticity right i'm i'm hearing a lot of um a lot of things that sound like they apply to like early dating like first meeting mm -hmm. people and so as dating goes on um, and you find yourself in a relationship with a person, but, but still at a dating level. Um, so you've gone through the apps, you've gone through the discernment, you've done, done those things. Um, how does the mindful dating practices apply to those, those times? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Then they can turn into mindful relationships. Ah. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I love the two, two things, one mindful relationships, and we can remind ourselves that we're never not dating. Yeah. Like right. we're like, if we're in a relationship and for, for my friends too, like if I'm friends with you and I'm not dating you, feel free to call me in right now. Cause I, yeah, like that's it. That's what, that's what I want. It's, it's how I want to show up in the world because when I think about the word dating, Marie, I'd love to hear your definition. I think about the intentionality of setting aside time to do 
things to spend that time together in some sort of overlapped way. When should that stop? When should that stop? <laughs> uh, well, I think the uh, the the traditional thing is seven years after you're married, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think point, people are taking to... it to the seven month level, but yeah. Well, we're 14 years in, and I'm just starting to get at all good at it. We definitely relied far yeah. too heavily on my intentionality around dating for many years. And Marie, what would you say? What would you add to that? Like, what is dating exactly? Like, what's it for? <laughs> mm, simply put, I would say it's for getting to know each other. Uh -huh. So that should definitely never there end. Go. I'm going to be on end. team dating forever then. I'm going to get a team bumper sticker. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes. And what is a mindful relationship in the long run if it's not a relationship where people keep getting to know each other? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's when Ken and I are talking about individuation-oriented relationships. I, I'm talking about getting to know each other while we're individually in those individuation processes, which means you're not with the same person. You're allowing them to yeah. grow and change. Yeah. There's plenty to do. And you and I have found that to be true. I have found it with other long-term partners. Like you're nobody stays the same. Um, mm -hmm. even and the, even the people who insist that they are um from the outside, that's generally not true. <laughs> They're changing. Mm -hmm. So there's always something more to do together. Right. Right. Now, there's one more topic that I really wanted to to talk, to brush on um, because I just think it deserves specific attention, which is dating brings up anxiety for so mm -hmm. many of us, um, no matter whether you're dating, looking for that, that one for your monogamous partner or whether you're dating um, to really just grow your, your friendship slash romantic circles. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm 46 years old and I'm still, I still have some anxiety around dating and I don't think of myself as a generally anxious person, but what do you recommend people do to work with the, the obstacle that anxiety can be to this mindful dating process? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So I would recommend, um, having people that you can talk to about dating because, I mean, frankly, I have clients who have seen me every week for, you know, almost two years now. And the main thing they want from this kind of relationship is a container to contain their anxiety, where mm. you can just, you know, talk about it. They can just put it in that one hour a week where they just kind of unload and debrief and explore also what the anxiety is about and create strategies to maybe diminish the amount of anxiety and confusion that there mm -hmm. is around it because oftentimes anxiety is connected to confusion yeah in my yeah. world yep i um, i agree yeah so it, if you yeah explore. it sounds like it sounds like too that having that could also relieve some of the pressure on the other people in your life who who may not be able to provide support for your dating your dating journey Right, right. And maybe they do provide a, a level of support, but maybe they're not really dating and they don't necessarily want to hear, you know, the extent of all of your dates and all of the intricacies of it and all of your shadow work. You yeah. know, it's a lot to ask from friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's great to share with friends and give updates and have and hopefully be friends with other people who are also dating. Right. So they can right. really relate. They're in the arena with you and they're also having experiences that you can support them with. So I would say having community around it and also potentially having professional support from a therapist or a coach or people who can just really help you zone into like, okay, like what is this anxiety rooted in? And yeah. is there opportunity to get to know yourself even better there? Like, and maybe heal some of the wounds that they might be connected to. It's a, it's an excavation process. Yeah. I, I just 100% love that. And I love the idea of having multi-layered support so that you can go through, cause you're going to go through ups and downs and it may be at times you don't need deeper level support, but I don't know. I've gone through periods of life where I'm like, Oh, I could use support around this because it's bringing up shadow work. In other words, it's bringing up aspects of myself that I am not currently able to fully own, admit, and work with, which means I am experiencing deep psychological pain. 
And not all of our friends are signed up for that, nor necessarily competent to do that. And um, allowing myself to take that on as actual growth work, as, as my deeper work is, that's a gift. Like that's an investment in myself and a gift to my overall psychological well-being. Mm -hmm. I, that feels like, that feels like a solid choice. That just feels like a really solid choice. Mm -hmm. You know, there was something we didn't address that I, it might be a fast answer. I, you might just have a really quick answer, but it might not be. So when people are dating and they're non-monogamous, especially when they're new to non-monogamy, I find a lot of people wrestle with this whole notion of like, Okay, but if I if I put myself out there as non-monogamous and I don't get lots of responses, should I just drop that? Should I hide it? Now, I mean, I know you told us to be authentic, but let's get real crisp here. Mm -hmm. What should people do if they're struggling to in the dating pool and they are considering maybe not telling people that they're consensually non-monogamous so that they can get some dates under their belt? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I would never recommend anyone does that because it will bring them, first of all, a lot of fire. Like once people know that they are non-monogamous, they will be very angry and the rejection might not be very gentle or kind. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're just kind of pushing the the ball down the, down the alley in some way. You're just kind of procrastinating the inevitable. Yeah. Um, so what I would recommend is diversify your portfolio of opportunities to meet other non-monogamous people. So try different apps. And some of the best ones for non-monogamous people are OkCupid, Field, um, I would say Hinge now that they have a non-monogamy option on their mm -hmm. app. They've become more non-monogamous friendly. And um, wait, what's the other one? Oh, hashtag open. Hashtag open. Yes. Yeah. And and what I notice is different apps are more useful in different areas of the country or different areas of your state. So it's yes. worth getting out there and trying different apps. If you're going to do app dating, mm -hmm. I like shop the apps because I, I think that's just like they're just trends. Because when I was in California all the time, I had much different results than I do in Massachusetts. So mm. It just makes sense to be on different apps. And now it's changed over the 14 years that I've been dating. That has changed too. So if, if an app hasn't worked for you in the past, it might become an opportunity. And this is where I always give my spiel on like the, the place I feel people get hung up is they go on a place like Bumble where there is no opportunity to just say it. Mm -hmm. And then I see largely cisgender heterosexual men. Mm -hmm just not not mentioning it or putting it in a sentence that's kind of down in their profile. So like, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. It's it's kicking the can down the street. Yeah. And it also introduces a certain level of, let's just call it, I think it's coercive. We're saying, I don't need to be upfront about this because I'll be able to convince you and be your educator. And I know better than you do what you're looking for. And that worries me. And I have seen it play out in some ways. I've seen it play out where people are like, yeah, I actually did convince this person to be non-monogamous with me. Right. And yet, like, just the sentence alone, like, yeah, how consensual is that? How, let's talk about whether your your practices are, are really in alignment with who you want to be as a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm guessing it's not just apps, then we can diversify in our- yeah local exactly. world i would say go on meetup there's oftentimes good poly happy hours poly communities on meetup.com i would say go on facebook there's a lot of facebook groups that yeah. are geographical location specific where you can meet other non-monogamous folks i would say um if you know other non-monogamous people like ask them if they know anyone you should meet tap your friends and communities and ask them to be matchmakers for you if you have that kind of network. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would definitely have something else besides the apps in your portfolio of things you do to meet new people. Yeah. And I, I would add to that, um, it, going to 
going to some, there are certain hobbies where more people happen to be non-monogamous. So it's worth thinking about that. And it probably, it will be specific to your location. Um, and I know in our local area, there is a professional who's starting a, a, an all inclusive, all relationship structures, inclusive, um, dating, uh, matchmaking service. Um, so here in, in our general area, and I find that to be a super interesting idea as like the world starts to take seriously that, that relationships aren't one size fits all. And therefore dating really can't be, we'll have these other opportunities. And just as a side note, if you live in an area where you don't feel safe to be open that way, then obviously you're going to be taking other steps and that I want to take that seriously. And that's a larger conversation Ken and I are going to take on in a separate um, episode where we talk about what happens if you're not in an area that feels safe to be your whole authentic self. Because that is, that is not easy. Not easy. That is so true. Well, Marie, I like, I feel actually really enthused (laughs) about my own Yay. dating right this second, which um, is saying something because I was in kind of a the, a bit of a doldrums moment. It really does put a, uh, a, it comes at it from a different direction. I love that. There's more energy in that direction for me, like exploration. Yay. Cool. Love that. Cool. So how can people find out more about you and learn how to work with you? Great. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy you're feeling that way. <laughs> So I have a couple of websites. Um, as some people know, I do compersion research in non-monogamous relationships. So that website where I put all of my research and scholarly work is whatiscompersion.com. And my coaching website where I talk more specifically about mindful dating and mindful relationships is loveinsight-dating.com. And then I have an Instagram. It's at love underscore insight underscore dating so please follow me for content on you know everything from mindful dating to compersion to non-monogamy i love that and we'll have all of those links in the show notes notes. and if you're following me marie and i are connected in a few other ways as well so if you're following me and you're looking for marie and you can't find her please feel free to DM me because I will make sure that you can find uh, Marie's work. It is invaluable, not only your dating work, but your compersion work. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for what you're putting out into the world and how you meet the world of relationships with your unique self. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to count you amongst my colleagues and my friends. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jolie. Thank you, Ken. It's been such a pleasure to chat with both of you and Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. It's so fun to be connected and I look forward to hopefully meeting more people. And and by the way, just to add at the end, I do offer free 30-minute introductory sessions. So if you, you know, like what you're hearing, you're not sure if you want a coach, definitely take me up on that. I Perfect. love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, that is going to be right top there in yep. the show notes because getting some some movement in your dating life. Yeah. What a what a delicious gift for yourself for this, mm-hmm. right, this right. moment in time. Thank you, Marie. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Much love. There's no one right way to design your relationship. And lots of people, actually about 25%, according to a recent national survey, are interested in some type of open relationship. But how do you know if you are ready to open up happily? Not everyone is, and that's no problem. I've got a 60-second quiz that will give you the answer. And even better, you'll walk away with your next step, whether you're good to go or not so much when it comes to opening up. And this is no BuzzFeed nonsense. I personally designed this quiz from my years of academic research. Go to joliquiz.com. That's J-O-L-I-Q-U-I-Z.com. And find out if you're ready to open up happily and what to do if you are or if you're not.